0: good man is a dangerous one that has it under control. Jordan Peterson. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Be The Leader Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Sullivan. I'm your host. This is a podcast to teach you how to be the leader in life, at your work or in your sport. It's a leadership and performance podcast. It's to help you establish a foundation in leadership and help you operate at a high level. Most importantly, it's for people that want to win. So guys, you know this, I don't do ads, I'm not going to do ads. All I ask is that you, um, the fee is that you share it with a friend if you find value in it, all right? I'm going to give you guys practical tools that are going to help you in leadership and performance. And that's all I ask. Um, Today, I'm joined by the master podcaster, also known as Justin Phillips. What's up, Justin?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Totally forgot we were recording today, but you know,
0: we'll, uh, Yeah, you're. Good. I'm gonna end up firing you real quick. I have a feeling <laughs> that's happening. <laughs> Listen, you got to show up high energy. The show is still growing, so we're doing something right. Yeah, it is. Every week it goes up, guys. Thank you so much for that. It really does mean a lot. I posted a a clip of the reviews in my Instagram story uh, the other day, and which by the time this episode comes out, that'll be like three weeks ago. But Yeah, but you know, we're only we're we're about there's about two week lag time between episodes. So from Flash to Bang, it's about two weeks. But guys, either way, thank you so much for leaving the reviews. They mean everything. Um, it helps get the podcast ranked higher. And uh I'm really excited for this thing to gain some massive momentum and get to the top. Uh top ten is the first goal in personal development and education, and then obviously I'm going for the number one spot. So Um, but we can't do that without you guys. So I really appreciate it. Um, Today, Justin has an agenda Uh, for those of you guys that don't know him. He, uh, one of his most incredible feats, in my opinion, is that he did 365 consecutive podcasts in a row. And uh, that is, that's essentially why he is on this show, you know, for numerous other reasons too. But I've had, I had multiple people approach me uh, to, to help out with this project. And, you know, Justin is battle proven. He he's been through this a handful of times, and he's he's consistent. So that's why he's on here. He has a lot of insight, and uh, we're gonna jump right in today. I think we're gonna be talking about training the mind. Is that right?
1: That is absolutely one hundred percent what we're gonna be talking about. So today kind of ties into both leadership and performance. How cool is that?
0: Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we do just leadership. Sometimes we do, you know, just performance, but. Like you said, today we're going to combine them. Um, um, did you see the little video that I posted this morning on Instagram? No. On Facebook. You saw it on Facebook. Uh, what video are you talking about? Because the little, I, yeah, the, the triangle.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I did see that. I, yeah, so on I drew, it. drew out this triangle that said, Hey, like your greatness is basically the apex of this triangle, the top of it of leadership performance. And the bottom is your skills and character. And, um, you know, I believe that that's kind of what summarizes this podcast. You know, I think that leadership and, and performance go hand in hand. You can't be a good leader without a high level of performance and and you can only go so far with your personal performance unless you yeah. tap into some leadership.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a, that's an important part just to mention kind of at the beginning of these podcasts too, real quick is like, it's, it, it, it comes back to why you should listen to the podcast. Cause I think a lot of people might see it and be like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not some sort of leader, like I don't run some sort of I don't know, operation or I I don't manage these people or whatever. But it's like it's being a leader in that sense, hell if you are, but it's also a lot about leading yourself. That's kind of a corny way to put it, but it is. So I think a lot of people can benefit from listening to what you have to say on here.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of a, what you said hit, hit the nail on the head and that at least what I'm striving to do, I think that before anybody makes a significant difference in this world, they have to learn to they have to learn to lead themselves, like you said. And what I mean by that is like you have to learn to control your emotions, make good decisions, be a good citizen, you know, overcome your insecurities. All that has to go with leading yourself. It's like conquering yourself, right? Like mastering yourself. And uh, we've all seen people in our lives before that they, they, they spend all their time trying to help others, but they've never really spent any time helping themselves and they end up at a, at a dead end, you know? Yeah. So the first level of all this is leading yourself. And then as you evolve, you know, you, then you lead a team and then you lead a company and then you lead a movement. Right. So there's those different levels. But before all that, you have to lead yourself. And even before that, you have to become a student of of leadership and of performance and of life, really. So I think the people that are listening have proven themselves right now to be a student. And then the people that are, are here consuming the information are like, okay, I'm ready to lead myself. Like what would you help me out. Would you say that it's important
1: to be led well in order to become a good leader? Like does that make sense? Do you think good leaders have to come before you in order for you to get to that point?
0: Meaning like, do I you do you need somebody to model?
1: Kind of, yeah. Like like you talk about Major Steel on here time and time again, right? Like and I know Major Steel wasn't one person. It's the culmination of all these persons, but I'm saying, do you think your leadership knowledge and abilities have been elevated because of Major Steel?
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know if everybody does this or not, but this is something that I've always done since I was a kid and you know, I study people. Um and I think that the reason I study people is because I grew up kind of in this isolated town that didn't like we didn't really have TV and and we were, you know, out in the middle of nowhere and so when I did see real people, not just the people <laughs> from my little town, <laughs> I think I was I think I was fascinated by it. And, um, you know, I was kind of at shock and awe and I, that made me very, very receptive to how different people in the world act. And I just kept taking that in. And it started really at a young age where like, you know, you, everybody does this, right? You study your parents and you're like, you, you pick up what you want to do and what you don't want to do. And you're kind of gathering tools. And I think that people end up losing, um, side of that and how, how beneficial it is. and You know, I continued to do that into my military career. Um, And I was always, I just thought it was fascinating by these guys that were in the 1%. And so every time I saw him, saw them, I would grab another little skill and I would grab another one. You know, it's funny as I was just talking to a guy about how this transformed me. Because I went from, the army does the 12 mile ruck march, right? And um, you're required to do it. The entire, every soldier is required to do it in, in 12 hours. And you're supposed to carry a rucksack with 35 pounds dry in it. By the time you get done, uh, packing it and everything, there's probably about 45 or 50 pounds and you're supposed to traverse, move across terrain on the road typically, or a dirt trail or something. And you're supposed to complete the ruck in, um, in four hours or less. Were you going to say something? No. Okay. Yeah. So when I'm talking about studying people and you know, this is good for everybody to do because I think we've lost lost sight of that at a lot of levels. Um, when I came into the army, that four, that, that 12 miles was hard for me. You know, I'm my, my, I'm built like Michael Phelps, like a shorter version of Michael Phelps, right? Like I got a big long torso, short legs. (laughs) And like I have to run in order to like pass this thing. And one of the rules when you were in training was that you can't run because it messes up the movement of the entire formation. They want to keep everybody together. When you do it in basic training, okay. Now, when you start getting past that, people will do release rucks where you just get to take off. So, this is a timed event. You're supposed to do it in four hours um, or less. And I would come in, broke off, and uh, like worst shape of my life 12 miles, you know, 45 pounds or so. And it was just nasty for me. Um, and so, anyways, I started training for it and I started noticing that there were people that were really, really fast. And my basic training was a um a support uh basic training. It wasn't the infantry. So a lot of I switched over later on in, in my career. The infantry standard is three hours. You just do the same 12 miles and you do it in three hours. Okay. Um it was actually jacked up because with this time of the standard, you had to do it in issued boots. So I would wear issued boots for the 12 miles and my feet would be just bloody. Like the the blood on every aspect of the foot when I got done. So <clears throat> just from blisters and shit. This is before the army lets you wear regular boots. So when I got into the infantry, um, I started seeing people that were quicker. And I started studying them. And I was like, why is this guy quicker? Why is this guy not? And some of these dudes were doing it in two hours and 30 minutes. Some of these guys, I went to air assault school and I saw a guy do it in an hour and 43 minutes or something like that, the full 12 miles. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't know people could do that. And so... (laughs) You know this is kind of why I'm obsessed with people and 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 getting to these get into the elite levels is because when you see that you're like "I didn't know that was possible and then the belief changes and you can start chasing it and so I did that in the infantry, and every time I did the twelve mile ruck, I finished exactly the same same fatigue, same exhaustion, same disappointment same hunger to get better but over time that what took me four hours. I consolidated, I got it down and my fastest time was one hour and 57 minutes. And and I did that by studying people and watching and mirroring them and getting better and better and better and putting myself with a different herd and a different network, you know? And so, um, you know, I, there's something to be said about studying the people ahead of you, like you just mentioned.
1: Yeah. And what I really like about all of that, that you just said, where I think people kind of get the wrong mentality about all of this is you basically said you started to study real people and you said real people as in not the people just in your hometown. I think a lot of people get that backwards. And what I mean by that is like I think a lot of people are grown up with their parents telling them, you know, like they're watching TV, they're watching famous actors or famous athletes or whatever. And they're kind of they're kind of grown up getting told like that's not reality. Like these like what's happening around you is reality. <laughs> And you kind of looked at that the other way around. You're like, no, that's real. Like those athletes are real people, you know, or these high performers of whatever are real people. We can get there, but people see that and they think that, I don't know, those people just have some sort of genetic mutated part to them or something that makes them so much better than everyone else. And most of the time they don't. Like that's just the way it is. So it's awesome that you see that as reality, as opposed to kind of suppressing everything you do and being lazy, being like, eh, it's just reality.
0: Well, it, it stems from not knowing initially. Like when I said that I was out in the middle of nowhere, I was. And so when I got introduced and in like when I, when I, when I, I call it, gonna, got introduced to the wild, like <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in the, in the middle of nowhere out in the right. woods. And I think it's funny that, you know, I'm like, yeah, when I got released to the wild, to real society, I started seeing people you know, achieving things that I didn't think were really possible. And once that happened, I realized there was a little bit more to life and there's a little more that I could achieve. And, uh, you know, once it's called an ecosystem, okay? So a lot of who we are as a person and what we accomplish has to do with our ecosystem, okay? If you look at like the rainforest, the rainforest is an ecosystem, right? And this is good from a performance standpoint because you can manipulate this. All right, you can manipulate your ecosystem to get better. So an ecosystem, just like the rainforest, it has, you know, a lot of humidity, a lot of sun. And what happens? You get a shit ton of vegetation. Okay, so an ecosystem breeds that. Well, same thing happened to me with the 12-mile ruck march. My ecosystem, the standard, was okay for you to get between three and four hours when I first came in the military. And then I changed ecosystems. I got on the infantry. And now the standard was three hours. I started competing with those guys. Mm -hmm. And then, by the way, I placed myself among the Rangers and I started seeing them get faster. And I said, okay, now I got to compete with these guys. And next thing you know, my entire ecosystem pressured me into, into this new person and this new standard of, you know, one hour and 57 minutes. And so you can seek that stuff out. This is why this is why you know there's different hubs across the United States that are known for entrepreneurship and and all these different things, because the ecosystem breeds it. Well, wow.
1: yeah, that's a really good point that people need to hear, and that's going to be one of those clips I pull out of this. There's a couple fun little nuggets we started out with, but do you want to do you want to get to the training your mind thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's start. We let's have start to... jump in. Okay, so basically,
1: let's get the ball rolling this way. This is just. We have all these topic ideas, and usually before we do an episode, I send them to Jeremiah, and I'm like, hey, pick something that stands out, because whatever's pissing him off the most at that moment in time is usually what we go with. (laughs) So um, we're doing training the mind, and you told me the other day, basically, like we don't really get taught to train our minds. We get taught too often what to think anymore, as opposed to how to think, and all these types of things. So do you just, I mean, do you want to spiel on that a little bit? before I ask any specific questions or
0: yeah, I'll I'll say (laughs) you teed it up. I'll, I'll, I'll start getting (laughs) momentum going with it. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, I think that the better content comes from those places where you tap into a little bit of emotion and a lot of people live in this state where they don't want to, they don't want to release that emotion and let people know what they think and believe. And, uh, I find that once you let go of that, you're being more honest with yourself. It's empowering and other people can resonate with it. So you're, you're speaking on behalf of other people. Um, so yeah, I think it's great that we're poking at my, my, uh, (laughs) sensitivities, so to speak, but, (laughs) you know, so your question is, um, do I, why do I think it's, do I want to expand on not being not, okay, well, let me, let me put it this way.
1: Why are people, everyone that's listening right now is about to be let in on some new information. At least I hope they are, some new yeah. valuable information. But the the kind of painfully ironic part about that is that most of what we're going to say probably shouldn't be new information to people. So why, why is it? Why is it that people, why are we at a point where people have to come to podcasts and books, audiobooks and
0: such in order to learn this pretty foundational skill, I would say? Yeah, I, I think all, I mean, if you're to ask me, I think it starts with the Great Depression, right? Coming out of the Great Depression and then, <laughs> okay. well, here we go, right? And yeah. then coming out of the Great Depression and then everybody adopting this mentality of security and be safe. Ooh. And so what that evolves into, you know, protect yourself, right? Like that was essentially like what happened. And then through the evolution of all of that, what people end up doing is taking care of themselves. And that's why we get such corrupt people in business and in politics because They've, they're second, third generation uh, members from the Great Depression, which have been taught to look out for yourself. So I think that that's, that's starting to change a little bit. But what that's happened, what, what's happened is we've been taught not to jump on the bed, okay? okay. So th- this is what I mean is that like, you know, when you're a kid, you're a kid, man. Like you want to do stuff. You want to go have fun. You, you want to explore your imagination and you're learning the boundaries of life as you go through. You're learning what's acceptable and not acceptable until that point, until somebody tells you, no know, about something, everything is game on, right? Like you have some yeah. inherent understanding, some instincts to what's right and wrong. But like in general, you're every time that somebody tells you not to do something, that's a new boundary that's created. Okay. And that's solidified in your mind. It's like being, it's like trying to touch the stove. There's four burners. You touch one stove and it burns you, right? Yeah. Well, as a kid, you put you you touch that one stove and they and it burns you, and somebody tells you it's hot. Well, now you don't go and touch the other stovetops. Mm-hmm. You ignore them. When in reality, it's just one stovetop that's Especially on. When
1: they're fucking red, <laughs> right?
0: So, you, so you, but you you have this boundary that's you're that's put on you, right? And so what I say is it's a lot like jumping on a bed. Kids get kids like to jump on beds, and yes. so you you end up jumping on the bed as a kid. Your parents say, "Hey, don't do that." Mm-hmm. So now you don't jump on the bed anymore, right? but now imagine that compounding across your lifetime every single right. day as a kid. now it's like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this when in reality, jumping on the bed is pretty fun, <laughs> yeah right, right yeah, you know what I mean so you know why you know it's unfortunate that we're we're taught to act and think that way now, the same goes with mindset people people don't and i i don't know if it's because information is becoming more ready, readily available or what but people aren't taught how to think they're just taught what to think mhm you know what i mean
1: yes i know exactly what you mean all of this is resonating with me yeah very very hard do you want me to go is it my turn to keep getting things but yeah so oh man and that whole like I like that you're getting on a point with the with the kind of curiosity crushing style of parenting we have now. I don't know if you watched uh Tom Billius' podcast about that not too long ago, but no. he had he he was talking about that like kids jumping in puddles and stuff and their parents pulling them away from that puddle or you know pulling them away from jumping on the bed or whatever. And it's like it, you it's understandable why parents do it and like things are dangerous and you have to protect your kids, so on and so forth. Right. But what I think people aren't realizing as much is that it's kind of conditioning them to just not do what they instinctively want to do. You know what I mean? And then they grow up and they just they just don't think because they're so used to all of their ideas getting taken away from them.
0: Yeah. And so when we talk about training the mind, we're talking about undoing that Yeah, plus training for what I would classify as, as resilience, mental toughness, if you will, mm-hmm. right? So all that goes hand in hand, you know, knowing that we are, if it's common knowledge that we are told what to think, not how to think, then the 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 realization is that we need to go to work to train ourselves how to think, okay?
1: How do you do that? Let's go right into that. What are some things that people can start doing to kind of start exercising their mind more as a muscle.
0: Yeah. So I think that the first thing to highlight is like, you know, training your mind, leaders need it. Athletes need it. Oh yeah. And when I talk about training the mind, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into it. Visualization goes into it. Imagery goes into it. Resilience goes into it. Stress management goes into it. Decisions go into it. Mm Mm-hmm. And really, training the mind means that we have complete control okay that's that's what I mean, and a lot of people you've meet people like this in your life they have no control, they have no control over themselves because their emotions take over they can't make decisions they they don't know how to work through a problem right like all these things go into it they don't know how to deal with failure that's a, that's how to think that's training the mind yes they don 't know how to put their hand near the stovetop and and endure the pain. Okay, right. that's mental as well, a lot of that. Um so your question is how do you train it? Yeah
1: I mean Man, even uh, just some basic practical things if there's anything you do in order to what like one thing I'm thinking of as a, as an example that I like to do in order to I I've always been one to try to use my brain as much as possible. I think what I mean by that is that we live in a very technology driven world. And like you said, information is readily available to almost all of us all the time and definitely utilize that for sure. But I'm actually one of my most unpopular uh, practices I do is I try to do everything I can to not use calendars in my life. And I'm like the biggest time management nut on the fucking earth. But I try to not use calendars. And the reason I do that is because I like always keeping myself accountable for having to remember my appointments and having to remember this and that and the other. And keeping all of that in my head, I think, has really helped me, you know, be able to. I think it's kind of grown that muscle, so to speak, in my brain instead of being dependent on my phone to buzz or ding at a certain time and tell me when to do things.
0: Yeah. So from an intellectual standpoint, so let's talk about this from a couple levels. So let's talk about how to train your mind. There's different ways to do it. right? There's the, from the intellectual standpoint, there's with fitness, there's um, training yourself to be more mentally tough. Mm. But first let's talk about the intellectual point because that's kind of where you're going. And I think this right. is important for leaders because like I said, the more it, it, you know, in life, if we can teach ourselves how to do this, we can teach other people how to do this. And as a leader, what you really want to do is brighten the intelligence from the people around you. Okay. You want to amplify the intelligence of people around you. Um, it's less about your personal intelligence, but you have to start yeah. with yourself. Okay. Before you can do it with other people. Um, so one way to do this if from an intellectual standpoint is to draw associations, right? Which we've heard before, but the next level of this is how to do it. Yeah. Okay. And this is what people don't teach you how to do. Every piece of information you get from a book or whatever, connect it to your worldview. Okay. That's the first thing Connect it to your worldview, how you see the world, argue against it, right? It's common stuff. But then the next thing is draw conclusions to nature. Okay. You see me doing this a lot. Um, exceptional people find a way to make their thoughts and ideas beautiful. And, and the way to do that is to connect it to nature. So an example, I was talking about this with uh, how diamonds are made. Okay, I'm like <laughs> obsessed with diamonds right now. And it's are. because diamonds take, they're the closest thing to excellence in nature. They're, they're pure. They take billions of years to be made. Okay, and the only thing that can scratch a diamond is another diamond. And the the way you make a diamond is at the earth's core, right? There's what's called the mantle. And carbon is compressed through constant heat and pressure, and eventually that forms into a material. That material gets pushed out through volcanic liquid to the earth's crust, and then something catastrophic has to happen, right? An opportunity has to happen. And then the diamond comes out and then the work begins, right? Somebody has to find that diamond and dig it out, right? Right. So everybody wants to be a diamond. Everybody wants to be excellent. So if we we adopt the approach of forming ourselves like diamonds, then we can, we're more likely to to achieve excellence. But the thing is, a lot of people think that it's a quick fix. They're just going to form into a diamond at the earth's core Mm -hmm. and everything's going to be fine and daddy. No, you got to get that opportunity and then you got to go to work. So- like i'm saying from a from a mental standpoint, stretching your mind intellectually, connect your thoughts and ideas to nature and your worldview yes
1: that that just that blew me away too much to keep going <laughs> what, are, of- what what are these what are these other levels that you want to get into here outside of intellectually? You could definitely talk more on mental toughness. I think that's the the flip side to you know there's training your brain in terms of actual like brain performance intellectually. And then there's of course, mental toughness, which is yeah. stuff you and David Goggins talk about all the time, which is kind of callousing your mind and being prepared for the hardest time. So what do you have on that?
0: Yeah, we can, we can d- d- dive into that. Um, you know, but before I do that, so it, when, on the worldview thing, okay, right. you know, we're talking about stretching our mind. So the first step is the awareness of this? There's another. There's an old adage. It's uh, a fish discovers the water last, meaning it discovers what's right in front of it. It discovers what's right in front of it last. Okay, what's right in? You know, it, it's too busy looking at the land, essentially. Mm-hmm. So the awareness is what I, is the water? Okay, again, I'm drawing conclusions in nature right? Yeah, yes, you are. So understanding that we need to train the mind is a huge part of all this about getting better mentally and then connecting it to our worldview. Actually, you know, some people are going to criticize me for saying this. I think I was telling you, yeah, I was telling you, um, I'm going to get judgment for this, but I study, you know, world leaders and I, I I, yeah. So I studied, um, I'm studying Hitler and he as crazy and horrible as he was. This man was an intellect and he he believed at a very young age that you should not just study for information, but you should study for knowledge and wisdom. And so as information comes into you, um, it's essentially intelligence, okay? You just have the information. It's a cool, like you all know, you know people that have like fun facts for days, right? Oh yeah, me. Those be intelligent. They can memorize fucking, uh, you know, a thousand different things, intelligent. And then you have knowledge and that's the ability to receive information and quickly and rapidly use it. Okay. That's the second, second stage of this. And then the third stage is the wisdom piece, which means applying it to your life and your worldview. And so one of the things that, um, that Hitler did is from a really young age, he was trying to create wisdom and a lot of people don't really do that until later in life, if at all, you know, so, We're talking about. Can you
1: can you give like an example of that? Whether whether it's a Hitler example or not, doesn't matter. But can you give an example of a difference between something that would be intelligence versus something that would be wisdom?
0: Yeah. Um, I read a book. Yes. Okay. I have all the information in my head. It doesn't go anywhere. Okay. It sits in my head. All right. Now I go out and I teach the book. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that's knowledge. Okay how fast I can do that is an indicator of how much knowledge and how much intelligence I have. Okay. So they're, they're intertwined yeah. and then applying it to my life, meaning not making a mistake that the book taught me not to do the first time. That's incredible wisdom. Usually that comes through trial and error. Usually people make me sit, make the same mistake over and over again. Um, until finally they get fed up and then they don't do it anymore. But you know, Warren Buffett, he talked about this. He said that, he makes mistakes; he just made a lot less um he made them a lot less frequent than everybody else, so he was basically really good at not making the same mistake twice um and a lot of people can't can't do that. They make the same mistake over and over again, so anyways, training your mind, you should graduate from you know intelligence to knowledge to wisdom
1: absolutely one hundred percent okay um do you wanna go into mental toughness then? Before I go off on a completely different tangent, which I'm oh, about let's to do. Let's,
0: let's talk about it. I know mentally t- mental toughness is is you know, right now it's trending. Yes. Okay. You know, you didn't have this going on 10, 15 years ago where you had these big movements of people trying to do incredible things. Or if you if it was happening, it was in your ecosystem, it wasn't like public knowledge like it is today. Right. Okay, now you have YouTube videos with millions of views. You didn't have that a long time, 15 years ago. Okay, if you did, it was just a small audience that had it. So right now, mental toughness is training. Everybody wants to know how to get more mentally tough. And honestly, it's it's generally pretty simple, right? You do hard things, you do it repeatedly. But there's a way to, to take advantage of that as well. So not only should you, as a leader and an athlete, do things that are hard, but you should make it, deliberate practice when you do that. So Mm, the the end, the end goal here for training the mind and becoming more mentally tough, tough is what it's, it's so that you can handle the bad side to life. Okay. So it's so that you can handle more in life. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So Uh, quick side tangent on that. Cause this is something I'm really interested in asking you actually, is when you do come across pain in your life or some sort of suffering, whether that's physical pain or mental pain, some sort of depression, or maybe a tragic event happens, Like, what is the best way to react to that? I don't even know if I want to say the best way, but like how how should you react to that to be kind of the most efficient person that you should still be? Because I posted some the other day. I don't even fucking remember where, probably on Twitter, because I've been all over Twitter lately. But I posted something, um, it might have been on Instagram, actually, that I think too many people, especially today, try so hard to mask their pain or distract themselves from their pain that it c- kind of just stays there all the time. It never goes away because people never address it. So I kind of believe in like when it comes up, to just kind of look it right in the face and figure out how to deal with it rather than trying to you know keep yourself busy or take the pills or do whatever it is to to just kind of suppress it. Do you yeah. agree with that?
0: To an extent. So it depends what you have going on. Right. Okay, so um I was in infantry basic officer leader course and my grandma died. Okay. okay I was close to my grandma. I've also I've had several things like this happen in my life and most of the time. So my brother got in a car accident when I was in Iraq. I can't just fly home and go see him when he's, he's not dead. Right? Like, so how do you deal with that kind of stuff? Now, two things, what I, how I deal with it and how I encourage people to deal with is there's a lot bigger difference between repressing and compartmentalizing. Okay. So I teach people to compartmentalize and then tend to it when they're ready. Okay. Um, one of my clients had a death in the family recently. Same same deal. Here's the, and here's the reason that you need to be able to do this is because life goes on. Sometimes you don't have a choice, especially if you're in a leadership position. Sometimes you don't have a choice to stop and lick your wounds. You got to just ball that shit up and keep doing what you got to do. And then when you have a chance to breathe, go ahead and break down. Um, However that is for you, whether it's just like, you know, sitting in silence or whether it's, you know, going to a funeral or whatever it is.
1: Okay. So, so I mean
0: that—that's what I'm saying. Is compartmentalize. So compartmentalize is what I would encourage people to do. Okay. So the first step is something bad happens in your life. Compartmentalize it. Handle the situation, and then move forward. And then once you get a breath of fresh air, tend to it. Because if you don't tend to it, it's like a bucket. You're—you're you're basically filling up this bucket full of water over and over and over again, and you're not letting any of it out, and it's going to spill. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think I just see that too far too often and see people ignoring you know reality sometimes but that's that's all I was trying to get on with that so if you yeah, want to carry on I mean, with mental toughness and how well, that plays t- a role
0: yeah and this ties this ties into mental toughness because dealing with the situation is the first thing right but if you want to really overcome adversity your, your best option is to prepare for it okay and it, this is a lot like a social media meme right now, because the idea sounds nice, but people won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Like the, Oh, it makes me feel good. That makes sense. My brain stimulated. And then they go back to doing whatever the fuck. So guys, if you're listening yeah. to this, like the stuff that I'm going to tell you right now, I want you, I, I ask that you please start implementing it daily. And this is going to be very, very important because this, I had a text message from somebody, um, a DM. It was this girl, uh, that we had been talking and, uh, she was a potential client. Um, life was kind of rocky for her and she wasn't in a position to get coaching. And I said, you listen, just do it when you're ready, but here's some things to work on. And her focus, our focus, she was in a really bad relationship. And, uh, she's kind of living in a cycle of insanity. And I said, I, I channeled her. I said, Hey, start preparing for the worst day.
1: Mm-hmm. She Get
0: away right at this moment yeah. from this dude. And I'm having this conversation through Instagram. And, uh, you know, so we start, we start talking like that. And I said, start preparing every, like every day is the worst day. Like it's going to happen. Okay. Meaning like you're going to get a phone call at 2am and your closest fem- member of your family is going to be sick, ill or dead. And w- when you go out and start working out, I want you to prepare for that day. And I want you to like literally not just listen to a podcast, not listen to music. Like I want you to like live in that day, in that moment for the entire hour, and the whole time you're working out, you're thinking about how you're going to handle that situation, how you're going to handle that two a.m. phone call, how you're going to break away from the bad relationship. And I don't know where this came from in my life, but. When I train, I'm training for that day. I have thought about the most fucked up stuff that you can probably think of and c- channeled it into this dark, dark place for my workouts because I don't want to be caught off guard later on in life. Yeah, You know, it's happened to me too many times in the past with stuff that really in hindsight wasn't that significant, but at the time it wrecked me. Right.
1: That is super powerful. Has Has that improved for you at all? Have there been any situations since you've made this point to prepare yourself more that have come up and you actually have, I don't really know if I want to say felt better, but you know, have handled the situation better because you were prepared for it?
0: Yeah. I'm I'm not likely to get surprised anymore um, because I've been in that space so many times. And the stuff that I can create in my mind, is a lot more dangerous than the stuff that can actually happen in the real world. Like I'm talking like apocalyptic types. Right. Um, And uh, so yeah, it has and how that's carried over into business and how that's carried over into the military and everything that I I did before all this, before this conversation um, I've actually gotten criticized by people in my, my company for appearing like I don't care. Um, I'll get, I would get bad news Hey, sir, we got a, we got a guy in jail. He was drinking, he was out drinking last night and I get the phone call at like 3am. Right. And I answer the phone and he tells me, and when I get a phone call at 3am and I'm, I'm in a company commander position or a platoon leader position or whatever, I know it's a bad thing. And so I pick up the phone and I'm, I listen and I say, okay, um, what's the course of action? What do you, what's your recommendation? I listen. And so I've, and then I make my decision and tell him what to do or, or we, we come up to a plan together. So I've, I've been in that position before and I actually had, um, I can't say who it was, but a senior NCO in my unit that I was close to uh, work-wise. We, were, we were hand in, worked hand-in-hand hand together. Um, he went off on me one time lashed out and he was like you just don't care and we got in this big argument and so here I was the the senior officer and again while he's lashing out at me I had to stay calm and cool and not act surprised and so it's paid dividends because I've been able to handle situations like that with hit the confrontation with him and still sustain the respect that he had for me after the fact. Cause he's, you know, when you when you lose your your cool and your emotions, people lose respect for you. And and as an individual, you lose respect for yourself. And so what happened after that specific case is like he went away and he he realized that he lost and would act unprofessional. And here I was and I held my ground. And inside, like I wanted to lash out and be that, you know, 16 year old, I'm gonna right. jack you up type yeah, kid. Right. yeah, right. <laughs> right. But I kept it calm and cool and uh it, it paid off because I kept his respect afterwards and he was the one that felt like he needed to fix himself right so yeah it's it's helped me out in numerous cases it is too it's such a kind of a
1: cliche example of like you know either you control your emotions or you your emotions control you type of thing and some people will lash out over like the most trivial shit yep in my daily life and it's just like i just look at them because i'm one i don't know i do get like my blood starts boiling pretty easily, but I'm pretty good at containing it on the outside for the most part. But it's just, I have noticed too where it helps me that I can just keep my fucking cool in real life sometimes and not freak out about things. Cause it, everybody knows this, but it does make matters worse when something kind of triggers you real quick and you just freak the fuck out.
0: Right. Yeah. And it has second third order effects meaning that like just because you get upset doesn't mean it stops there. So, a couple a couple things happen. This is important to be able to control your emotions, be mentally tough because if you are are the slave to your thoughts, okay? If you're a slave to your thoughts and you give in to all that, you give into those emotions and you get irate. Well, you in an argument, you actually get dumber. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, like literally argument
1: just in any situation, like,
0: well, well, because here's what's going on. You're, you're in fight or flight mode in this case, right? So Mm -hmm. your body takes all the blood and everything that matters and it pushes it to your limbs. It takes it away from your brain. And so you, you don't need the blood and all the resources going to your brain anymore. And you need them in your limbs. And so what ends up happening is your IQ actually drops. Like you get dumber when you get, so so you want to be able to control it so that you can remain intelligent is the is the first thing, right? Now, another thing to highlight here is that emotions are addicting. Okay, uh, th- th- they all are. You know, I used to have an addiction to anger. And it, you, ever, you ever realize, and what I mean is that you ever realize, like, when you get pissed off and you let go and you give into it, it feels a little bit good?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why people do it in the first place, isn't it? Don't you think yeah. like isn't that why people start fucking throwing shit? <laughs> like I have a I have a PS4 sized sized hole in my wall over there, PS4 controller <laughs> sized hole in my wall. So
0: <laughs> yeah, try not try to break that, all right? <laughs> you need to deal with that anger. I did. Right I now. stopped playing the PS4. <laughs> 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 so so emotions in themselves are addicting. Okay. Your body will cling to them. That's why like you get in a fight with somebody and you're like, I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm going to bite my tongue. And then you lash out and you're like, you know what? That felt a little bit good.
1: Yeah. That, yeah. That it's that felt... classic, like getting something off your chest feeling. Yeah. It's and it's relieving. like, I want
0: to do a little bit more of that. Right. And so you do a little bit more, but then next thing you know, you're in a big fight with somebody and you regret it afterwards. Um, and actually the same goes true for all type of emotions. Okay. Everybody has, um, Everybody has a baseline set of emotions. I learned this from actually. I'll just throw them out right now. Ed Milet. Yeah. He he was teaching that what it you know what is your baseline emotion, and uh, for me it's ambition, it's hunger. But on the negative side, it's anger. I get to, I get boiled inside. So um, you need to control them and learn to control them because, like I said, they're addicting and they can end up consuming you. Yes and you actually get dumber.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, you do get dumber. We're not just saying that as like a little poke at people like you actually get dumber when you uh
0: Well, I think it's important like because that. like as leaders, right? Like like people there's this there I've seen this shit trending where there's certain figures on that are going around speaking and talking on leadership where they say vulnerability is everything and um you know, vulnerability means courage and you know, sometimes the courageous thing to do is to keep your fucking mouth shut and, <laughs> and to not give in as a leader, not cave into that stuff. Like, I think it's foolish to be like, Hey, we should just come into the workplace and air out all of our problems. No, like that shit is people are contagious. So you need to be the type of person you want to catch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I've never heard it put quite that way before, but yeah, I guess, I guess you're
0: right. Like, okay. Okay. Okay, Jeremiah. So I, I'm just saying so that you got me fired up. So that's what we should do, right? But now, but now there's the there's the, there's the um the dark side of life. Like now you got to tend to those emotions at some point. And so if you're, if at work you're compartmentalizing, but then when are you going to tend to it? Are you going to tend to it at the house when you're with your wife and your kids and whatever? No. You, you need to create a system where you're, you're implementing this stuff daily. So working out for me is a place where I go to, to deal with those demons, right? To confront them and to to go head on head with them. Like I got that phone call and it's something that pissed me off and then I go work out and I think about it the whole time I'm working out, right? Um, Thinking just, um, is so
1: powerful. What's that? By the way, people just don't like to think anymore, which I guess is what this whole podcast is kind of based around. But dude, I fucking think all the time compared to most people. And it's just, it's great really helps you figure stuff out which is kind of common sense but yeah
0: go ahead it, i mean it's it's there you know the problem is that people that don't think they have enough time to think and and really you don't need that much time um einstein used to do thought experiments right and he one, one of the most brilliant men in history and he used to literally people thought he was dumb as a kid because he would literally yeah. like stare at you and like space off and be doing these different things <laughs> like he, like you know almost like putting together a ru- a rubik's i can't say the word um, I don't do kids? that by the way. Huh?
1: I said, I can do that by the way.
0: Oh, can you a Rubik's cube? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. So a Rubik's cube, he would basically like put that thing together in his mind while people were talking to him. Right. <laughs> and but we aren't really taught to do that as a kid. So, you know, yes, utilizing the mind, but you know, how do we do it? So I, I say working out and that's, that's, that's something that's in my life. That's, uh, you know, it's um consistent so that's a good place for me to practice it do you listen now, to anything when you work out um so if i'm in indoors i will okay. 90% of the time if i'm outdoors and i run i don't okay and when i'm that's when i'm indoors what's that i said that's interesting so I, do I wonder this... about
1: that too sorry if we keep trying to talk at the same time here No, i'm just i'm just thinking because that's been something i've just been kind of playing with lately when i work out is like whether or not I listen to shit because sometimes I do sometimes I don't and just having that having that kind of time to think is really just it's, it's what some people need
0: yeah ask yourself what do I need you know a lot of people will just end up doing what they think is normal but sometimes you know maybe it's important for you to listen to a podcast or something once a day or whatever but when I go on my runs that's a chance for me to confront those demons. And I don't want I don't want any noise in my head because that's when the noise gets the loudest and when things get hard. And so when I can start hearing, when I get to that certain point where I start to break down and I start talking down on myself, now I can get louder and control those thoughts and try to overcome them. And, you know, I, I started doing this really a long time ago. Um, when I was training up for to become a, a ranger officer, you know, I was getting up three o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, and I would have to get all my stuff, all my prep done for the Ranger Assessment Selection Program before I went into work. Because as soon as work happened, there was chaos. And so my thought process was, okay, I need to get everything done, my reading, my working out. And I would do that all before I got to work at 6.30 for PT because we did unit PT. And then I would lead my guys and I would go about my daily business. But during those workouts, every single day, I still do this today. I I trained my mind for the ranger assessment selection program. And I actually did this before with uh, with ranger school years prior. I would wake up and I'd go train. And I would literally picture the worst day. And this is good for everybody to do. Picture the worst day, like I keep saying. The worst day in ranger school. Picture myself fatigued. Picture, picture myself wanting to quit, maybe with an injury. And I would live in that space for like the entire hour, two hours I was working out and picture myself overcoming it. And I would do that every fucking day. And then when I got to ranger school, guess what happened? When those moments came, I had already been there a thousand fucking times, like more than that.
1: Yeah, that's so crazy. That's so crazy that people don't already try to do stuff like that almost on their own. Because going back to what I said earlier, it's like I see people just get pissed off over the dumbest things like like i don't want to bring it up per se but like look at the fucking uproar we've had in this country for the past four years because some people still aren't over who won our last election yeah you know what i mean and it's like if something like that can get to you that has like pretty slim to nothing to do with you very directly
0: you know and people still get pissed
1: off about it they get pissed off about
0: stuff that has nothing to do with them I mean, perspective, Mm -hmm. this is why I encourage people to travel because perspective changes everything. You know, you go overseas for, I was in Iraq for 15 months when I came back and I heard people bitching about like, I don't know, having to do an extra hour at work. I just fucking laughed. Right, right. Exactly.
1: You know, it's like, oh, my boss yelled at me today and it like set you off for the whole fucking night. It's like, listen, buddy, (laughs) there are some people having a much worse day than you. If you I guess, I guess I think the
0: takeaway from that part of it is that if you, you know when you start so everybody should be implementing training their mind into their workouts that's the big takeaway I think that I want to hammer home on this episode is plan for the worst day during your workouts okay plant plant connect your thoughts and ideas to nature in your workouts when you're reading hmm. okay but if 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 you only do it in one place it's in your workouts Um, and I think Which, that by the way if you're not working out work out <laughs> yeah, I read a statistic only eighty, like eighty percent of P- Americans don't work out. Jesus, really? Insane. That is anyway. insane.
1: I guess it count, depends on what that poll was counting as working out.
0: What else you got for me?
1: Um, I think that's about it. I mean, we wanted to hit on actually pretty much what we've been talking about, and that's exactly how uh, working out and basically how your your physical body and your mind and even your soul all tie together because they're not necessarily all independent of one another one another right or at least that's i'm just making that assumption now if you want to correct me then just fucking call me a dumbass and correct me but so do you want to talk about how you know working out actually helps your mind and how all of that can help your more whatever whatever you want to get
0: into with that why it's yeah.
1: important. Why it's important to kind of train all
0: three too. Well, I'll just highlight that from a leader standpoint, you need it because you need working out and you need to train your body and mind together be, because of the worst day. Same thing from a performance indivi- from an individual performance standpoint. Now one of the, one of the reasons um, that I I, I push this is because it makes your practice, it makes your working out. That's what the I'm worker. calling practice right now, the workout it makes it deliberate. So deliberate practice is purposeful, whereas practice is meaningless. So mm-hmm. what I mean is that I can go out and do intervals on the track, 400 meter repeats, and I can go out there and do them. I can go practice my 400 meter repeat. But if I don't set a standard for that workout and be 100% focused in it, it means nothing. My pace is going to vary. I might go, you know, I might run a Four, five minute mile pace for one quarter mile, and then an eight minute pace per mile for the next one. And so it's inconsistent, and you don't get anything out of it. And so our workouts, a lot of people, you know, I think get fed up with working out because they don't have that intention behind that, behind the right. workout, right? Yeah, so if you show kind of up
1: working but, out for the sake of working out,
0: yeah, like hey, to makes, avoid. yeah, like hey, this makes me feel good. My ego feels good. I'm in the gym. I'm gonna take a selfie. But this is so much deeper than that. This is about preparing yourself and developing resilience long-term as a leader and as a person. So anyway, um, I, I missed your question, but that I wanted to highlight that.
1: I mean, we kind of already hit my question. My question was really just how how do you tie together your physical and mental well-being for the most part? Okay, so do you want to get to a recap here? I don't know what we're doing on time, but... Oh, well, let's try to think back through some of the major points are that. Let's see here, because we, we just covered a lot of shit. So training your mind, um, training while you work out, working backwards here. Oh, we just talked about that. What the fuck else did we talk about? There was so much in there. Kind of how to react to your, your demons, so to speak. Uh, we went backwards through that. And is there anything else I'm missing that's like ultra important?
0: I would, I would, I could talk about this for a really long time. I actually had a lesson from combat that I was ready to share. So oh, uh, we're going to we're gonna have to talk about that another time. Um, oh. But, you know, you can't predict when the bad shit's going to happen. Yeah. And we're all fools if we think that every year that we live from here on out is going to be great. And, and so if, what I'm you know, preaching right now is I want somebody to get faced with something catastrophic and be able to handle it um because i don't you know i hate seeing people be disabled by bad events so the the takeaways are prepare for your worst day now okay prepare for your worst day in life in your workouts and prepare for your worst day in business in your workouts the same rules apply so if you're if you're if you're a business owner prepare for when the economy crashes okay Mm -hmm. mentally Mentally, how are you going to negotiate that? Right, become a winter ranger, as I like to call it, because winter, winter and ranger school is the hardest time to go through ranger school. (laughs) Yeah. So that's it.
1: That's it. So what was what
0: was the quote at the beginning of this? I want to hear that again. Yeah, the quote at the beginning was, "A good man is a dangerous one that has it under control." That was by Jordan Peterson, and and that tied into today's episode with emotional control and training your mind at the same time as your body yeah
1: so basically this is all about getting yourself under control when push comes to shove knowing how to act knowing how to react and knowing how to not let your emotions or your thoughts or your ideas or whatever take over on you you want to be in control so i think that was pretty good that was a pretty good episode i'm gonna go and do the uh, social media stuff real quick uh You are on Instagram mainly, we know at this point, at Jeremiah Sullivan, spelled J E R A M I A H S O L V E N. Um, I don't know if you're anywhere else. I don't know if you really care about anywhere else besides right here where the listeners already are. So don't worry about that. My social handle on everything is at underscore Justin R P. And I want to thank the listeners again. I really do. Like this pod, the podcast so far has been growing. At a steady pace, we haven't really seen much of a dip in the analytics yet. And uh, to reiterate, those iTunes reviews on Apple Podcasts and the subscribe, actually subscribing to the podcast and not just listening and downloading every time uh, can really help us get to that goal that I didn't even know existed of being top 10 in self-improvement, I think, is our category. Whatever fucking category we're in, uh, we want to be top 10 there. And that's, um, the
0: first, that's the first milestone. Okay, that's the first that's milestone.
1: That. Yes, yeah. That's our first milestone. The goal is to basically own the world. But uh, yes. but um yeah. But seriously, that stuff really helps. Um, sharing little clips of the podcast on the internet really helps. Like just put in those little bits of extra work because, like Jeremiah says at the beginning of all of these, like we're not gonna we're not gonna run advertisements in front of you. We're not gonna charge for this information. I mean, Jeremiah is a life coach and a really good one uh, coaching.
0: I like to say life coach, but yeah, go er, ahead. Good. What,
1: is that what I said? He's a, he's a performance coach and something like that. <laughs> Whatever he is, he's really good at it and he coaches like high performers, like real people. So what, what he was getting at there is like everyone's a life coach now, but yeah. he's really good at what he does and he's giving away a lot of his information during this so, just share the damn thing every once in a while, and also, something I've never brought up before I swear this is my last point is that if you do ever want to reach out to us or ask us questions to address on the podcast or anything like that, we do have an email set up it's be the leader podcast at gmail dot com and if you send emails there, we both have access to it, so one of us will grab it, and that'll probably be a good way to connect with us and figure stuff out for the future. When we start dropping little,
0: I don't know, contests or whatever we're going to do to get people motivated to actually like our shit. That's really good because if you guys have questions, email them to, yeah. to that address. What was it again? Be the leader podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. If you guys have questions you want us to answer on the show, email them there. Just say question, in the subject line, ask the question. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, the last thing I'll say is uh, the information that I've given you, I expect you guys to go out and teach it. Okay. A lot of people, just hoard information to themselves. Like, listen, that's not why we're here. That's not why we exist. So find a nugget from this, from this episode, go out and teach it to somebody and help make the world a better place and bring more good in the world. Okay, so recap on today's quote. A good man is a dangerous one that has it under control by Jordan Peterson. So get after it, prepare for the worst day now and be the leader. I need some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication, dedication. Uh, my head way, way above the water Cry to myself when I yell at the wall Begging to run, but I needed to crawl I see the finish line up ahead Trying to get traction from all of this tread I am a king, I am a queen I am more than the people can see I am strong when I'm needing to be Vulnerability's nothing to me You can try, but I'm unshakable My successes is never debatable I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable You gotta go